0: High on the Hill, 2023 special coverage on Utah's Morning News. Oh, I
1: don't, know. I don't, I don't know why we're suddenly calling ourselves Utah's Morning News, but that's phenomenal. <laughs> Tim and Amanda, move aside. This is actually the Dave and Dujanovic show. <laughs> so, the question that we've been uh, asking multiple times during the legislative session is, "Where is water?" Where is water? It felt like for a while there, Dave, the lawmakers weren't doing much about it. So we're going to pick the brain of somebody who has been following it in just a moment who can tell us what ended up happening to all the water legislation.
0: I think part of the frustration is we we want a magic wand. We want the state legislature to bippity-boppity-boo it and just fix the water problems. It's not that easy. So sometimes it's allocating money, it's providing resources, it's updating farmers' watering equipment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's, there's so much to it, though what we want is fairy dust. Laura Briefer,
1: Director of Salt Lake City Public Utilities, did we get fairy dust?
2: We didn't get fairy dust, <laughs> but we... We did get a lot of um, bills proposed, and some uh, were were passed by the legislature this session, and, and some did not make it. But will probably be discussed during the interim uh, quite a bit.
0: Is there anything that intrigues you that you look at and say, "Hey, you know what? That this actually might do some good."
2: Yeah, you know w- what I found during this session, uh, amongst all of the bills, was just a general theme of building upon what happened last year and the year before that Uh, we had quite a few bills regarding water efficient landscaping uh, to encourage more more uh, conservation uh, statewide but also in the great salt lake basin as well Uh, for instance we had senator sandals uh, senate bill 118 for water efficient landscaping we also had HB 450, which addresses landscaping efficiencies specific to homeowners' associations, where uh, oftentimes bylaws govern landscaping, and people have gotten frustrated that they couldn't uh, do water-efficient landscaping uh, pursuant to those bylaws. So, you know, a few of those types of things, and then we saw these sort of wide-reaching um, coordination efforts. So there was uh, a bill which creates the office of the Great Salt Lake Commissioner, or as I've heard some people describe it, the Lorax of the Lake, um, that would, you know.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
2: I, I, I wasn't expecting really you to take on the
1: co- the role of comedian. That's awesome. Okay, the Lorax <laughs> of the Lake, we're using that from here on out. Go ahead, finish your thought.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, so, I mean, that, that really showed uh, and actually tried to address the need of Bringing together the multiple state agencies t- under kind of one one office, so that con- so that decisions regarding the lake were are being done in coordination with each other. Then we also saw HB 307, which was creating Utah Waterways, which is essentially uh, a nonprofit organization that also attempts to coordinate a, a lot of different efforts. Along and both of those bills came with some funding as well. So we saw. A lot of work, sort of in the, the very detailed, nuanced uh, approach in changing state policy, as well as sort of this stepping back to this broader view of um, how we can be more effective as a collective community regarding Great Salt Lake.
0: I think, uh, as we're as we're talking to Laura Briefer, the director of Salt Lake City Public Utilities, one of the biggest questions I have and. One of the the terms that we heard early on in the session was shepherding, trying to get that water that was coming out of the the mountains all the way to the Great Salt Lake. But as the director of public utilities, you know that water that comes out is dispersed and used. Do you? What do you do with any excess, or how do you measure the excess, and how do you know that the stuff that you send downstream, so to speak, is going to end up? In the Great Salt Lake.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're touching on a really important point. So uh, another way to think about this is as we're asking people to conserve water to protect lake levels in Great Salt Lake, how do we account for that conserved water? As you say, you know, from the mountains to the Jordan River to Great Salt Lake, in the entire watershed, uh, you know, how do we account for that conserved water um, to know that? We're making an impact because that water can be shepherded to Great Salt Lake. I think that's going to be something that gets discussed a lot more seriously during this interim session. It's a it's a very com- complicated issue technically, um, and there are also some water rights um, issues that that we would probably want to, um, you know review alongside that and so we could look for that be, being a big topic of conversation over the interim
1: uh laura briefer before we let you go just just i think a lot of people will want to know maybe sometimes we get confused as just consumers and people who you know flip on the tap and the water comes out um does it look like there will be sweeping restrictions at all from capitol hill in terms of water use this summer and if not from capitol hill how about from salt lake city
2: it doesn't from from a municipal standpoint, it doesn't appear that there will be sweeping restrictions on water use there There will be more um incentive programs available to residents for lands for instance landscape efficiency or different types of um, drought tolerant planting on their landscapes so it's it's much more of a carrot than a stick uh, with respect to what we saw come out of the legislature this year. Um, With respect to Salt Lake City, as you probably know, we're in stage two of our water shortage contingency plan. That's where we entered the water year in October um, in, and we're monitoring conditions with respect to our great snowpack right now to see if that uh, stage will be lifted to perhaps stage one. I think it's important to note that one good water year like we're going to have this year uh, may not make as much of a dent yeah. in the longer-term drought condition, and uh, and also the issue with um, Great Salt Lake is going to persist. You know, we're going to need multiple good water years to help with Great Salt Lake.
0: Laura Briefer, thank you for joining us, Director of Salt Lake City Public Utilities.
1: But you're glad to hear no restrictions probably this year, Dave, as a a guy who has a a backyard full of grass and probably a front yard full of grass. I haven't seen your house ever. You've never invited me over. Nope. That's super weird, but okay. Um, <laughs> so no restrictions, more the, the carrot approach. They're not going to come whack you.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of times uh, accountability, incentives, they kind of go hand in hand. If we know what we're using, if we understand what we should be using, I think people largely will will do the right thing without – the the hammer or the stick coming down and being mandated.
1: It was 20 years ago this month that this call came in to 911.
0: 911. Yes. um could you tell me is this our call um uh, if I think I see that Emmanuel they are looking for? Uh this is.
1: Where do you think you see him at? We're a man who'd been right sketched, sketched. As the kidnapper of Elizabeth Smart had taken her into the hills above Salt Lake City uh, and then eventually to San Diego and then back to Salt Lake City and actually was busted in Sandy, Utah, was found. And Elizabeth Smart was found alive and well as well. Uh, 20 years ago this month, it's hard to believe that it was so long ago, uh, Elizabeth's is doing very, very well. She's a mom, she's a champion for survivors, and she is also calling the show live in 15 minutes.